Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Miss the spell. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Still fiddling with my camera here, trying to get me not to look like a ghost. Uh, there we go. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Uh, we have a really important show today. And, you know, isn't it funny? I say we have a really important show today pretty much every day because I try to focus on content that has the ability to help people. Uh, and today is no different. If you've listened to this show for any period of time at all, you know that I've talked about poop on this show a lot. Um, we can learn things from our poop if we're paying attention. And if you're offended by the word shit, you're going to be offended by today's show because we're probably going to fall on that word a lot today. Uh, I found the guy who actually feels the same way that I do. He's even written a book uh, that can guide us to interpret what our poop is trying to tell us. I want to say shit, but I'm trying to keep it family friendly at this point. Um, the real value in this is is your poop tells you if your diet is working for you, but most people ignore it. In fact, some people wouldn't even think of looking in the toilet until they flushed it because they are literally uh, repelled by the idea that that came out of them. But there are lots of disease states that we know, such as Parkinson's disease. And the earliest signs that you may be someone who has Parkinson's disease is, in fact, your bowel movement changes, specifically uh, you become very constipated chronically all the time. Don't ignore this opportunity to determine if disease is in your future. And not only that, but today, uh, my guest, Dr. Todd Sinnott, is going to tell you how to fix your poop, more importantly, uh, and ultimately have an impact on your future health. Before we do that, of course, we have to thank our title sponsor, and that is Legendary Foods. Legendary Foods uh, contributes a great deal of money uh, to be the title sponsor and keep this show going. They have their new Tasty Pastry, which if you remember the original Tasty Pastry, it was like a Pop-Tart. It had a more rigid um, pastry crust, but their new cake style is uh, fluffy and flaky, kind of like what you would experience if you had an apple turnover. And the new flavor Red Velvet Cake is flying off the shelves faster than people want to hear. Uh, so don't wait long. Uh, these have 20 grams of high leucine protein, less than one gram of sugar, five net carbs. Uh, they taste great. Uh, they are great for kids because kids don't know that they're good for them. Now, if you're too cheap to buy some tasty pastries, you can win. We give away boxes every day. It's now more than one box we're giving away a day. Uh, because the response is starting to really swell. So if you listen during the commercial breaks, you will hear me say a secret word. And when you hear that secret word, if you write it down into an email and send it to onair at superhumanradio.net, you are entered to win. And I tell you, it's exciting to get a box of these to show up at your doorstep. So don't delay. Do that today. And now, without further delay, all that rhymes, delay today is my guest, Dr. Todd Sinnott. How are you doing? 
Done. I'm great. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. I oh, really yeah, yeah. It. So I, I got to play this video for the audience yeah. so that they understand what they're in store for today because Dr. Sinnott isn't just brilliant uh, in, <laughs> in identifying one of the greatest opportunities for you to guide yourself to what diet works for you. Because I've said on this show, if you're doing a diet because it comes with an annual cruise and a membership card, you're doing it wrong. You need to do a diet that shows in your poop that it's right for you. So just check this out. Check out your shit. If you're having a good, healthy shit, your body's digesting your food, your body's excreting your foods, and your body's functioning right. I mean, what's better than really good shit? In my book, The Good Shit, we're going to figure out what diet is right for you based on your individual, unique digestive process. Hope you enjoy the book. And you can go to shrnetwork.biz slash good shit. Uh, just don't type it in front of your mom. She'll slap you in the back of the head. Anyway, so uh, what What even put – like, like I, this has been something that's fascinated me. And, in fact, Elisa said I got to get this guy on the show because Carl likes to talk about his poop all the time, and I do. Uh, I'm a firm believer that – well, we'll get into that later. What right. turned you on to this? <laughs> uh, it's a very good question. So – you know, I'm a chiropractor and a lot of patients come see me and we'd be talking diet and people would ask me what I think about this diet, what do I think about this diet? And I had issues trying to figure out uh, what diet really worked for me as well. So I was starting to look into it and I found that for every diet that's out there, there's a complete equal and opposite diet that's out there. So you have pe people, you have the keto, you have the paleo people, then you have vegetarians, you have high fat, low carb, you have go hours without eating or really the benefits of fasting, then you have the benefits of keeping your blood sugar balanced and eating small meals all throughout the day. So for every diet that's out there, there's an opposite diet. And there's the only consensus when it comes to diet is there's absolutely no consensus. Right. So it's the most conflicting thing there is. It's gotten to the point where no one knows what the hell they eat anymore. So... I wanted to figure out how do I how do I make sense of all of this, uh, and what happened was is that there was uh, one New Year's I decided I was going to go on a health kick, and I you know I don't drink alcohol, I don't uh, drink coffee, I really eat pretty healthy, but I decided I was going to up my game, so I was going to have an oatmeal every day for breakfast, a salad every day for lunch, and a lean protein uh, for dinner, and within three things my health completely changed, but it all got worse. Uh, I was gassy, I was bloated, I was achy, I was tired, I was foggy, and it made no sense to me because I did everything right. Right? right. Who would sit there and say, "Who would sit there and say an oatmeal uh, every day for breakfast or a salad every day for lunch would not turn out to be a healthy thing?" Right. But it wasn't right for me. It, for some reason, it completely messed up my digestive system. So I went back to having some eggs. I had a turkey sandwich for lunch. I had a little pasta. Uh, I just mixed it up, and within three days, I felt completely back to the way that I felt before, and I felt great. And I tried to figure out, you know, that was my first aha moment, is the, the answer to the diet question is there is no right diet. The question is, is, what's the right diet for you? So some people function better on proteins. Some people function better on carbohydrates. Some people are lactose intolerant. Some people are gluten, can't handle gluten. Everyone's digestive system is unique. So it's really about figuring out what's the right diet for you. And then the next question that took me a little while to figure out 
uh, is how do you figure out what's the right diet for you? Right? And and the reality is that your poop is a remnant of whether or not your digestive system likes the food you're giving it. Yeah, so the aha moment was I was sitting down on the toilet, and what was the common denominator? The common nom- denominator is when I was eating the diet that was right for me, I was having good, healthy bowel movements, or shits. Sorry, you can use that word a lot on your show. Uh, and when I, was e- when I was eating the salads, the oatmeal, I was gassy. The salads for me, I cannot personally eat salads. For some reason, my body does not digest it well. Creates diarrhea, goes right through me. So the common denominator of whether you're having the right diet for you is the quality of your bowel movements. So what I realized was is that everything that we know and we thought about diet and nutrition to me is all bass backwards. Right. Right. It's all right. upside down. We're looking at the wrong end. So your food choices are your input and your bowel movement are the output. So using the scientific method, your food choices are the hypothesis or the theory, right, what we think is healthy. But our bowel movement is the results or the conclusion. So it tells us how we did. Or if we took a test, you study, you take the exam, but the, the bowel movement is the, is the answer key. It tells you how you did. It's your grade. So you might as well follow the answers that your body are giving you to tell you what you should be eating. So, and that's the right diet for you. Well, let's, so now let's stay with this for a second because yeah. uh, I criticized uh, Dr. Oz – about eight years ago, because he told his audience that a healthy bowel movement was like a rope and, you know, kind of the snake and it's, it's soft mm-hmm. and it's all uniform one. And, and I railed against him because I said, no, that's not a healthy bowel movement. A healthy bowel movement is solid. It's shaped like a sausage. Uh, sausage. and, and, which is very evident by this pandemic when everybody was buying loads and loads of toilet paper, you should be able to wipe once and be done. If you have to spend time like really wiping because it's, it's right. like you, you, you're you eating the wrong food. What do you think? Yes. I, I, I 100% agree. So looking at your shit, you know, in the, in the book I have all these funny chapters and whatnot and titles, but we got to examine – what is coming out of us? We're missing an opportunity because, again, your bowel movement is one of the most important biometric markers. It involves so many different systems that if something's off, your bowel movement's pretty chance. There's a great chance it's going to tell you. So there is a Bristol stool chart. There's pictures in my book. It's online. Bristol stool chart. It'll tell you exactly what your poop should look like. Your poop should look like a sausage. It shouldn't come out like hardened pellets. It shouldn't come out like smooth uh, ice cream from a soft serve. It's got to be well-formed, and it's got to be coming out nice and easy. So, you know, a, a big question is a lot of people are like, well, what's normal, right? So how often should we go into the bathroom? And the answer is really what's normal for you. So there's sometimes it could be normal for someone going to the bathroom three times a day, and there's other people it could be normal going three times a week. It's all about the ease and the way that it's coming out. If you're having a good, healthy bowel movement, your body is digesting and excreting your foods properly. Um, so I'm doing uh, time-restricted feeding right now, which is, I only, okay. I'm only eating once a day. It's about 22 to 23 hours that okay. I, I'm, I'm staying fasted. I'm just doing some experiments with my body. Yeah. And so I'm just pooping once a day. Normally, I poop a couple times a day, usually first thing in the morning and then sometime later that day. But they're always well-formed. Um, I, I joke with people that I know that I talk about. I say, I, you know, I have a Teflon butthole 
because like I, I literally wipe and there's nothing there. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And I feel like I'm doing the right thing by eating the foods. Now, I go out to Chinese restaurant. I eat that stuff. I eat all that rice. Game's over. I, the next yeah. day, my bowel movement doesn't look like that. Yeah. And, and you know, and I know people are probably cringing at the thought of thinking about my bowel movement or their own bowel movement because this is – you said something off air that's really true. People are much more comfortable talking about sex in open company than their own poop. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, wrong. that's a mistake. That is a mistake, a big mistake. It, it's, it's, it's so important to check out your shit. I can't begin to tell you. So, you know, I, I, I really urge everyone to take a look at their food. Uh, in a very different way. So, you know, are food choices important? Of course they are. It's just how we look at food's got to be very different. So I ask a very interesting question, or I ask uh, everyone a very interesting question is, you know, what's healthier, a piece of salmon or um, a donut? They'll immediately say a piece of salmon. Correct. And I'll say that the salmon is more nutritious. It's not necessarily healthier. So my, my niece, Casey, has a severe um, seafood allergy. So if she eats the salmon, uh, it's going to send her to the hospital with, uh, you know, life, you know, a very right. important health emergency. Right. Or if she has the donut, she's happy. It brings her joy. She digests it well. So for her, a donut is healthier than the piece of salmon. So I understand that that's an extreme – I understand that that's an extreme example but that's really how our bodies work. We're all individual and unique. So I think it's so important that I was almost going to call the, the, the book the homeostatic diet, right? So too much of anything or too, mu- or too much or too little of anything is not good. So you can take any example um, and it can make some sense. So if I said water, right, everyone's like, how much water should I drink? Um, you know, and the answer is that your body tells you how much water you should drink. So if your pee is coming out yellow, you're dehydrated. If it's coming out clear, you've had enough water. But you could drink too much water. I mean, it could lead to deadly consequences. There's a condition called hyponatremia. It's basically you flood your system with too much water. It dilutes the sodium in your body, and it can lead to death. So there are there have been cases of athletes Well, in dying. fact, there's a famous case of that on the Howard Stern Show when, when Xbox first came out. I guess it was probably about – Maybe 16 years ago, Howard was on in Louisville too, and right. they and they had to come in and drink a gallon of water and like in one sitting. And this yeah. woman came on to win the Xbox for her son, and she died in the in the green room after she left the show because she suffered yeah. from hypernatremia. She developed a, a deadly arrhythmia, and she 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 died right there. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just urging. Listen, our body speaks; it's constantly speaking, and for some reason, we continually ignore it, and we really ignore it when it comes to our bowel movement. So, again, something simple as uh, if you're hot or you're cold, right? So, if you're if you're too cold, your body's going to signal you're cold. It's going to force you to you're going to get the chills. So, your body's going to want to heat up by moving. It's going to tell you to put on a sweater. If you're too warm, you're going to perspire, and it's going to encourage you to take off a, a layer of clothing. So how you know if you're eating a good, healthy diet is based on your bowel movements. It really is that simple. That's the way that you evaluate a good, healthy digestive system. You know, uh, people in animal husbandry pay attention to goats and cows and, and their bowel movements. I pay attention to the deer that live around my land. I can tell you, you know, the food that I'm feeding them is good because they 
not only you know they 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 actually make like a ball that's all those pellets pressed together. Right. You know, it's and so, but yet people just don't care about their own bowel movement. I mean, if you and I, it's something you said off the air. You know, if if your dog started having a loose stool, you'd be like, oh, it, you know, we got to feed him something different. But when did people stop caring about their bowel movement? I have to believe a long, long time ago when we were a little more crude natured, people cared. Is there any evidence that back in the day in the 1800s, <laughs> doctors paid attention to people's bowel movements? Yeah, I mean, there are cult- cultures. I um, I treat a R- Russian woman in my office and she's like, everyone in Russia where I came from is, talks about their bowel movements. All the doctors check your bowel movements. You know, it's a, it's a vital usage of health in that culture. And for some reason, in our culture, it's not. And it's uh, it's a mistake. This is interesting that you say this. You would think that do- – I mean, I've been to doctors my whole life. I've never had one say, how is your bowel movement? Like, yeah. I'll say, oh, you know, I poop once a day. Okay, I'm done. They never say, well, what does it look like? Does it yeah. have a foul odor? You know, a tar – a tarry bowel movement means you're bleeding internally. Like they don't, yeah. they don't want to know. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Listen, I mean, there's, there's pictures of exactly what your stool should look like. If it's coming out black, uh, it, you know, it's a great concern that you could be bleeding in your upper digestive uh, area. If it's dark brown, you're having too much salt and not enough vegetables. If it's light green, you're having too much sugar, too much fruits and not enough um, carbohydrates to or grains to, really kind of give your your bowel movement that color if it's coming out like a pencil it's coming out very thin it could be the sign of a blockage or a polyp yeah so it's basically like um you know a a hose being crimped by something so the the flow is well when when we were kids we had the remember the play-doh uh uh, maker that you you would put a a form on it and you would push it through it come out like a star well, if yep. you're, yeah, if you're, if your <laughs> bowel movement has a groove in it, it means it's probably being pressed against a lump inside of your uh, colon as it's coming out, as it's being formed. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, to me, one of the great, great things is I get to see how my body and my digestive system function every day when I get to check out my poops. And then obviously foul odors could mean that you're not digesting uh, stuff Correct. a lot. It's, it's, so when you have, when you're gassy, uh, and far, farty side gassy. If you're farting yeah. a lot, that means that there are foods that are being that are not being digested. They're digesting by way of fermentation in in the lower intestine and colon, and that's a sign that maybe you're eating too much of a given food. It's not your body's not capable of digesting it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I, I mean, I also mentioned that you know the lack of a good functioning bowel movement or gas in your digestive system can trigger so many different symptoms. So. Uh, there's a direct correlation between gas in the digestive system and back pain and muscle aches um, and tension in your body and headaches and toxicity. So you really want to be ridding your body of your stuff. You know, I, I also think if so many people will ask me the question of, should I do a cleanse? Should I do a detox? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always laugh. I said, we already ha- we have a built-in detox system. It's called your shit. Yeah, right. So, you know, before. Before you're going to do a juice cleanse, a vitamin cleanse, or any of these cleanses, you know, take a look at your bowel movements and do everything you can to get it right. You know, right. whether you're having, you know, whether you need to alter what you're eating, whether you need to have less salads or more salads, whether you should have less sugar, whether you need to have more carbohydrates, more grains, or more breads to bind your food. 
you know, there's so many different ways to go about it, but you really got to work hard to get your bowel movement functioning right. So I'm experimenting with a more carnivorous diet right now. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I'll eat potatoes. I love right. potatoes and eggs. I love potatoes and beef. Um, and, and I've noticed that my bowel movement has just gotten so much better. It's just, it's just, like I said, it's just, it's solid. It's sausage shaped. And my, and I don't have all the bloating. Yeah. Yeah. And that, this is what's going to tell us if what we're eating is right for us. It, it, it really changes the way that we look at food, right? So I always recommend having good, healthy, quality ingredients. So there's a difference if I'm having a cheesiest, uh, delivered frozen pizza with pepperoni on it, or if I'm having going to a place that's making fresh tomato sauce, fresh mozzarella, fresh dough, you know, there's difference in the quality of ingredients. You want to always have the good quality ingredients, but you want to be able to widen your palate too, because your body can handle it. Your body needs the variety. It can't be bombarded with the same digestive nutrients. My body couldn't handle oatmeal five days a week. So, uh, that's really important. Let's get a couple uh, questions up here before we take our first sure. break. So Jeff Clifton says, what is the good doctor's thoughts on gut biome testing? It's all the rage right now. Uh, it is all the rage now. And I, I really like looking at the gut biome to see what's going on. Um, but I think there's a very important first step that we're missing, right? And that's taking a look at your own shit and going on your own individual path. You know, in the book... I really urge people to basically follow a diary, right? You're tracking what you're eating. You're tracking how your bowel movements are. You're tracking how you're feeling and putting the pieces together and let your body kind of guide you first. But, yeah, taking care of your gut biome is, is vital. What are your thoughts on uh, – Robert Thompson says, what about probiotics uh, or having fermented foods with most meals? There's a yes. good belly probiotic that he apparently takes at bedtime. Any thoughts on yeah. the good belly probiotic? Yeah. I have actually some very interesting thoughts when it comes to probiotics. So probiotic, vitamins, all that stuff is input. So it's what you're putting in your mouth. And I've had cases um, – again, I'm a big believer. Uh, I'm really one of the only people in the country who's talking about the role – that your digestive system and your diet has on causing and subsequently um, solving your back pain. So I had a patient of mine who came in, I'd been working with for a while and he kept having this mid back pain. And I treated him a whole bunch of times and we could not figure out the origin of his back pain and how to get him better. We were doing everything chiropractically, structurally, the stress wasn't changing. And I asked him if there's anything different going on. And he said, the only thing different was that my wife saw a commercial on the importance of taking a probiotic. So she got me this probiotic. I've been taking it every day. It upsets my stomach a bit every time I take it, but I thought it's healthy for me, so I just keep taking it. I said, well, that very much could be the case, but if it's upsetting your stomach, that's not, telling us something. Not for you. Well, not for you. So Right. So I said, why don't you stop taking the probiotic for about five days, and let's see how you feel. He stops taking the probiotic, and to my surprise and his, his back pain goes away. I have another case where a patient of mine has this back pain and her gut is extremely irritated and inflamed. And I'm convinced it's from her diet and her digestive system and making the tweaks to the diet just wasn't working. And we recommended the nutrition. My office recommended a probiotic for her. She took the probiotic. It regulated her digestive system. Her bowel movements changed and her back pain went away. So the, the, the moral of these stories are is that these things are really inputs. So a probiotic could be extremely, extremely helpful or could actually be something that's not helpful. So you really want to see how you're feeling and functioning when you're taking these things. 
Okay, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. We have other questions. We will get to every question, I promise you. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to plug the book. The book is called The Good Shit. You can get it at shrnetwork.biz slash good shit. You also have uh, a website, right, uh, Dr. Sinnott? Yeah, uh, drsinnott.com. So it's drsinnett.com. Okay, and you can go there and get the book as well. We're going to take one quick commercial break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. of light can be truly life-changing and an important element for every superhuman. Because of this, I want you to experience the power of award-winning Saluma light therapy. Saluma utilizes NASA research technology to improve health at the cellular level and is cleared by the FDA to effectively treat a variety of pain, muscle and joint conditions, as well as facial wrinkles and acne. Our entire team here at Superhuman Radio uses it. Its innovative shape-taking design allows for easy placement anywhere on the body. Choose from 13 different models. For an exclusive listener discount, go to shrnetwork.biz slash Saluma, that's C-E-L-L-U-M-A, and use code SHR10 to save 10% off of one of these award-winning devices. TaylorMade Health is focused on making sure you're able to perform and look your best. They are a leader in game-changing supplements and cosmetic products. Whether you want to increase strength, expedite recovery, facilitate soft tissue repair, or reduce deep wrinkles, TaylorMade Health has you covered. TaylorMade Health is also the home to Dr. Seed's products such as BPC, BPC plus and the chill pill all of my listeners can now get 20 percent off their first order with code try 20 that's try20 this code can even be used on subscription orders visit shrnetwork.biz slash try 20 today and use code try20 for 20 percent off your first order Circadian. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon 1. Dot com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Todd Sinnott. We're talking about his book, The Good Shit. And we have lots of questions, and we will get to them all. I promise you. I promise you we will. Um, you know, this is kind of like evidence-based medicine, right, when you think about it. It's like, okay, everybody talks about individualized medicine, evidence-based medicine, but they miss an opportunity to actually practice that by not being more investigative mm-hmm. about their patients' bowel movements and people themselves, you know. I'm sure that people who are posting questions about their bowel movement probably feel like a little awkward about it. But there's a, there's a children's book. I remember I bought it for my kids when they were little. Everybody poops. And it's yeah. like it's like when you realize like everybody poops, like <laughs> what do you care what they think about your bowel movement? There's, there's is probably the same as yours. So it's just it's really funny that 
we're so squeamish about this discussion. Yeah, I, I mean, people like they'll only poop at home if they're in a new relationship. They don't, they're not comfortable going. Everyone does it, you know, and uh, I think we should put it out in the open here. <laughs> so uh, Phyllis uh, Lund Guglielmo, that's the right way to pronounce that name. Uh, she says loose and liquid stools. Why? So I'm assuming she's asking, she, she's having loose and liquid stools. Yes. So, uh, my answer is something's not right. Right. So loose stools is chances are there's not enough binding in your bowel movements. So, uh, we would want to take a look at your diet because something's going through you, right? It could be that you're eating something that's too irritating for you. You could be having too much roughage, too much salad, too many fruits, too many vegetables, Maybe you're not having enough breads or grains or something that could bind it. Maybe you're eating a food that you are sensitive to. So maybe you're having some dairy issues that are creating it. But you really want to track it and do everything you can to change that. So you want to figure out what you've changed. You can look back at when this first started. I'll tell you another thing that's notorious for creating loose stools. Um, people start taking supplements with amino acids. And some of these amino acids uh, actually cause something called osmotic diarrhea. Anything, anything that attracts water, uh, anything that is powerfully hygroscopic, when it gets into your intestines, it attracts fluid, it attracts water. Uh, it'll dehydrate you over time if you keep uh, consuming these types of things because it's, it, it, you're, you're losing fluid in your bowel movement. Um, but you got to look at things that, that may attract water. Uh, that once it's in your body, it's going to attract the fluid from your body and it's going to create watery stool. But how long has this been happening? Uh, if you could answer that question, did it just come on? It, you know, um, because that, that's an important question because you can go back and look at what's changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I can't emphasize enough the concept of what's healthy for you. So she could be on the super great health kick and having, you know, a green drink every morning for breakfast and that could be creating the issue. So it's really about what's healthy for you. So I'm all about, you know, it's not okay to have almost diarrhea or really soft bowel movements on a daily basis. So and that, so I'm gonna, I'm taking these questions out of, uh, out of uh, order for a reason. Okay. Um, so let me find it. And this is really good because I, I take enzymes. So okay. um, Faith Fitness guy. Is uh, watching on YouTube. He says digestive enzymes really make my BM soft. Also, vitamin C right after a meal tends to make them soft as well. If you if your if your enzymes are making your BM soft, take less. If you if you feel like you need enzymes and they they increase gastric motility and food is moving through you faster, but they're softening, take less because what's happening is the enzyme is surviving and it's going down into the intestines and it's still or every breaking. Day. What's that? Or even every other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there, and vitamin C is notorious. So my cousin Eddie, when we were kids, they started selling a orange crush soda, which was mm -hmm. actually made with real orange syrup. Okay. And this this is back in the sixties, right? And so my uncle Mike got him a case, and Eddie <laughs> drank the whole case in a day. And and then he complained to me about how bad it burned when he pooped and it was all water. So vitamin C is notorious. Vitamin C is very hygroscopic. Vitamin C attracts fluid in the intestines and makes your, your, your bowel movement watery. It's also good for people who tend to be constipated. 
because it'll have the it'll it'll help them loosen their stool a little bit. So, yeah, want to comment on any of that? Again, my I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but just because we hear that vitamin C is good doesn't mean that you need vitamin C. And if it's going through you, that's either you don't need the vitamin C or it's not the right type of vitamin C or it's not the right amount of vitamin C. So I believe that if you're taking a vitamin C and it's going right through you and creating diarrhea, it's a net negative, not a net positive. So Robert Thompson apparently is a med surge nurse. Okay. And they track bowel movements of their patients. And he says if they have someone that hasn't had a bowel movement in three days, they offer a laxative. And their preferred laxative of choice is called – they call it brown cow. It's milk of magnesia and prune juice. Very, very effective. Uh, Neck shift complained. Like in other words, that the person probably pooped all over themselves. That's how – so that's for people who are having trouble. Uh, He also asked, do you have any opinions of colostrum? Uh, bovine colostrum is all the rage in my audience. It helps build muscle. It helps modulate the immune system. See any effects? Again, I know what you're going to say. It depends. Yeah. If, it, if it, yeah. it gives you runny stools, it's not good for you. If it tightens it up, yeah. It's good. I, again, I like. I know I sound like a broken record, but I can't. I can't get over the fact that I truly believe that we're looking at this, in my opinion, 180 degrees incorrectly. Right? Is we're going under theories of what we think is healthy or we're going under theories of what we think our body needs or we're taking something because this person sweared by it or we're going following a diet because this person has all this Instagram followers and looks amazing, right? The, the answer is that we're all unique and we're all different. So if I sat there and took wheatgrass, I don't think it's going to be a great situation for me because that stuff tends to go right through me. But for other people, wheatgrass could be a great energy immune booster and work really well. So I want to try and dispel the myths that things are good, good or bad, are good or right. foods are bad. Right? They both have unique, different properties to it. Um, you know, at some point, I would love the opportunity to discuss the way the role of stress and emotions play. Well, let, let, let's do that now. Let's do that now, please. So. So the role that stress and, and, and your emotions play on your digestive system, I think, is an extremely uh, fascinating one. And I also think it's a bit on the misunderstood side because if you eat a hot fudge sundae when you're celebrating, there's a complete different biochemical process than if you eat the hot fudge sundae when you're depressed. Well, feeling guilty for eating it. Exactly. Yeah. So I have patients all the time who have to be extremely strict on their diet. They go on vacation they drink, they eat foods very differently. Oh, really? How'd you feel? I felt fine. So, you know, we're making these decisions about our foods, but we're not taking into account the emotional component or our emotional immune system. Unfortunately, when my father passed away, uh, I was unable to digest orange juice in the morning. I used to wake up and have a glass of orange juice. And after my father died, the acid in the orange juice just upset my digestive so much. It literally took a year before I was able to digest orange juice. Fascinating. The difference was not the orange juice. The difference was, the terrain. was my digestive, emotional, immune system. Yeah. How you emotionally approach a food and how you're approaching how you're eating uh, makes all the difference in the world. So it, it's very funny because 
there's so many studies out there that are trying to find the right diet that's out there. And they're linking, they're doing all these studies about cultures and longevity. And they found that there were two diets that basically uh, showed the best longevity. And one was the Mediterranean diet and the other one was the French diet. So the Mediterranean people and the French people basically exhibited uh, great longevity in life. But the fascinating thing is their diets were very almost diametrically opposed, where the French diet was filled with wine, wine, cheese, and and whatnot, and meats. And the Mediterranean diet is filled with tomatoes and vegetables and fish. But the interesting thing was, see, this made perfect sense to me because I don't think it's so much about the food. It's also about the emotions around the food. So these two cultures basically celebrate food. They sit around with their families. They have leisurely meals. Their portion sizes are not gigantic, and they enjoy what they eat. And then they're digesting their systems properly, and they're living longer. So there's so much more that comes to it regarding just food. Portion sizes are a huge thing because instead of going to the never-ending pasta bolov garden, you go to Italy, they serve you uh, some pasta. It's sitting on an appetizer-sized plate. Right. So, and they laugh at us. The Italians from Italy laugh at us because we eat bread and pasta at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like I, I went into – I was in a supermarket and there was a pizza that was an extra large pizza with sausage and pepperoni. They called it the Big American. <laughs> yeah, right because it was extra large. So so, uh, so, so it so, is – but I want to I stay with this idea about yeah. the, how the terrain changes with your level of, uh, of uh, angst while you're eating. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we forget about is that – that we use the word rest and digest, but nobody really pays attention to it. Mm-hmm. And so when a big cat kills an animal and eats it, what does he do? He goes and finds a shade tree, lays down, and falls asleep. Yeah. Okay? Uh, the only time we do that is on Thanksgiving, most likely. But the reality <laughs> is that after you eat, you should rest. And Jeff Clifton brings up a great point. He says he does breath work right after breakfast to get into a parasympathetic state to aid digestion, this this speaks directly uh, yeah. to, to to what you're talking about. I mean, how about cultures that have a siesta? How yes. about cultures that how about how about cultures that have a larger meal at lunch, right? And a small meal at dinner, right? On a smaller meal at dinner. So there's so many different ways that we can change up things that can make such a positive impact on our quality of life, and again, how our digestive system's functioning. I think Jennifer Cannon is posting this comment uh, to uh, Phyllis. Uh, she okay. says, don't forget about pathogens, H. pylori, toxic moles. These can cause uh, SIBO and dysbiosis yeah. and obviously watery stools, and she's absolutely yeah. correct. So we don't want to forget about that. Um, do you have any opinions on what causes diverticulitis? I mean, not really. Again... Everyone's digestive system is unique, and we want to target things that are not inflammatory in our bodies. So itis is inflammation of our body. So for me, salads are inflammatory. Oatmeal is inflammatory for me. But not for somebody else. Pasta, right. It's anti-inflammatory. So even these diets that, that, are, that are supposed to be anti-inflammatory in nature – there, that's in theory. It's not necessarily an individual unique practice. Right, so, because, because what determines that whether or not they're anti-inflammatory is your immune system. So if your immune system doesn't like it, it's going to send out inflammatory cytokines. <laughs> Agreed, right? Our cellular makeup and response and cellular response to food is unique. You have a yogurt and you feel fantastic. 
I'm sensitive to gluten. I mean, I'm sensitive to lactose. I have the same yogurt and I'm in big trouble. It's a complete different response. The food is the exact same. Now, I will, I will say this about diverticulitis. One thing that correlates very well with it is people consume lots and lots and lots of nuts. Yeah. Um, it, because what happens with diverticulitis is there's, there's a weakening of the wall of the uh, diverticulum, the area of the the, the uh, intestines, and it creates a pouch. So things that don't move through, they just kind of hang in there. And yeah. things that are rigid and hard, like pebbles, tend to push against the uh, intestines. So there is a correlation between nuts and diverticulitis. We're going to take a break. This will be all, um, uh, we'll, 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 and by the way, I don't know if people realize it, but we've really shortened up the commercial breaks. They're just like a minute and a half now. <laughs> so, well, uh, people made comments, and I'm, I'm paying attention. That's all I'm going to I say. love it. So I want to plug the book one more time. The Thank book you. is called The Good Shit. You can get it by going to shrnetwork.biz slash goodshit. It's fascinating. It's got lots of great information to help you determine what a good shit is for you. And as we keep talking about it, this is a very, very unique. It's baby talk to say what is good and what is bad. Pay attention to your bowel movement and you'll figure it out yourself. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Folks, I'm pleased to announce that Pure Nootropics is now carrying the antioxidant alpha-lipoic acid in its bioidentical natural form as our ALA. Our ALA provides protection in many areas and has even been shown to promote weight loss. Check out the interview I did on episode 2608 back in October to learn more. Our friends at Pure Nootropics have been bringing you great products and deals since 2013, and they have another one with our ALA. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash pure and use code SHR30 for a whopping 30% off. Level up. Go pure. P3OM uses a patented natural process to upgrade a well-researched probiotic strain that doubles every 20 minutes once inside your body. The patent proves this strain is proteolytic, meaning it digests protein. It's antiviral, antiretroviral. It eliminates pathogens and waste and is maintainable in the human digestive system. What it does better than any other strain is fight the bad guys, bugs like parasites, viruses, and other pathogens in your gut, and it doesn't require refrigeration. If you suffer from bloating, gas, indigestion, or you just need extra protection from viruses, a.k.a. bad bacteria, then I'd suggest trying this super single-strain probiotic proven to wipe out bad bacteria. Go to bioptimizers.com slash SHR to get a 10% discount coupon with code SHR10 and free shipping on all products. Or save even bigger by signing up to one of the plans to get as much as 38% off. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash SHR. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. Don't hate us because we feel good. We're talking with Dr. Todd Sinnott about your poop. 
That's right. We have a camera in your bathroom, and we know you poop. <laughs> the whole world knows you poop now. Uh, since that spot ran for P3OM, uh, I have a fellow named Bear who asked me a question about it. I have noticed a difference by using Bioptimizer's Masszyme and P3OM and HCL. I noticed that if I take the Masszyme and P, I eat large amounts of protein. If I don't take the Bioptimizer's Masszyme and P3OM, I end up with protein farts, which means that there's a lot of protein not being digested. And when I take them, I don't end up protein farts. What I use the HCL for is in between meals to raise the or lower the pH of my gut because I have some problems with uh, with uh, vagus nerve innervation mm-hmm. that causes uh, slow uh, digestive motility. But more important, it shifts the pH of my gut to a more alkaline. And then what we, that's actually been tied to autoimmune disorders and stuff like that. So I use it more as a prophylactic, not for digestion. But the masszymes in the P3OM work for me. Will they work for you? I don't know, but they definitely work for me because I have no more protein farts, and everybody in the house thanks me for that. So they, I'm sure everyone's happier. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, good. I'm sorry. No, no. There, there's just I, I think there's one other point that I think is that we haven't discussed yet is um, in every particular case, disease, process, patient that I work with is that we want to look at on three different levels with a person. So we want to look at their um, diet, right, their diet nutrition, which we've touched upon. We want to look at their emotions, which is what we've touched upon. And then actually the the other factor that's missing is the structure. So posture, alignment is super important in lots and lots of different conditions and whatnot. But it's also uh, very important for the quality of your bowel movement. So one missing factor can be the alignment of your bowel movements or your colon in trying to have a bowel movement. Uh, and there's a there's a product that I'm not um, necessarily affiliated with. I don't make any money with uh, called Squatty Potty. They were on Shark yeah. Tank and yeah. became, became quite popular. But because basically um, the angle that we're pooping is very different than when it, we're in a squat. So if you're having trouble have a bowel movements, try the. I would recommend try the Squatty Potty or try squatting to basically try to change the angulation of essentially your tubing or your piping, and it can be the difference of how your bowel movements function. So, you so, know, uh, when, I w- when I was in Yugoslavia, geez, I was 27 years old, so a long time ago, but uh, most of the public bathrooms at, at uh, you know, museums, and yeah. they, look like, they look like shower stalls yeah. with a hole in the floor where the, where the shower drain would be. And, and handles that you hold on to, and you just get down and squat. You're not sitting yeah. on anything, and you poop. And I remember yeah. the first time I saw that, I thought, how the hell am I going to poop in there? Like, I got to sit down to poop. And you find out very quickly that not only do you not need to sit down to poop, but you poop much more effectively when you're all the way down like that. So it's yeah. fascinating. So, you, you know, again, I want people to take a look, not just at what they're eating. I want them to take a look at their emotions and don't discount, you know, changing the angulation or the structural alignment of your body when you're going to the bowel movement. So here's something else that I've just started to discover, and you, and you may be real. You may have known about this for a long time because you, you are a doctor of chiropractic. <laughs> but um, from sitting like this for hours at your desk, you start to lean over, uh-huh. and when you lean over, you start to slump down, and you mm-hmm. literally take your gut and you, you compress it. Uh huh. 
And I think it's leading to a lot of the silent GERD. A lot of uh, people that don't have yeah. frank GERD, but they have what's known as silent GERD, which is a leaky gut up into the esophagus. And I think it's like squeezing a, toothpa- a toothpaste tube. Eventually, it's going to start coming up. Uh, you're, you're speaking my language here. Yeah, so I created a product called the Backbridge. Uh, you can check it on backbridge.com. But basically what's happening is where our body is going into too much of a forward hunch or curl pattern, right? So we're sitting forward hunch in front of our computers all day, and we're literally looking like that. And what we're doing is we're shortening the distance between our rib cage and our groin. So we're basically uh, compressing our whole digestive system. So it's impacting the way that our digestive system is functioning. What you want to do is you want to lengthen and open and elongate the space between your rib cage and your groin, or you want to elongate your digestive system to give it the most amount of freedom. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, I just thought of the place that I couldn't think of, Leonard's of Great Neck. I don't even ah, know if it's still open. Yes, it's still, I think it's still open. It's Is it remote. really? That was when I was still in New York. That's funny. <laughs> um, let's see here. Stan so, Effort. You know, I'm sorry. But, you know, that's also um, uh, another reason I had written a book called Sit-Ups are Stupid and Crunches are Crap. So the, the argument is, I know everyone loves my unique book titles, but we're so forward hunched and compressed. The last thing you want to do is exercise that puts you more in that forward posture and alignment. So I was one time working out with a trainer. I, this was back in the day where he had me doing so many sips and crunches. I literally threw up, not because I was exhausted, but he like stopped my, my whole intestinal system locked up because I was so crunched forward. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really important to elongate your digestive system. Yeah, I, I like inchworms with the wheel. You know, the ab yep. wheel, you roll out, you roll in. I like those a lot. <clears throat> Stan Efferdane, uh is a former bodybuilder, and he talks about a diet that he advocates. And he likes taking a 10-minute walk after eating. Uh, but i got to talk about this, and I'm going to tell you something. Hmm. Part of the problem today is a lot of these suggestions are made because we have a sick population. So uh, there was a study done eight, nine years ago that showed that uh, walking after a meal, even just standing after a meal, lowered postprandial blood sugar better than metformin. But we're talking about a sick population. From an ancestral position, digestion should be fast because we have to eat again. You don't want to slow digestion down. But we're trying to slow digestion down in today's population because most of them are borderline type 2 diabetics. So walking after a meal is great if you are insulin resistant, but it's not necessary if you're healthy. And in fact, relaxing after a meal is the right thing to do. The yeah, same. Th- uh, I want to I add one thing, Doc. Yeah, the sorry. same thing with dietary fiber. <clears throat> I've talked about this on the show for years now. Um, the Wenner-Gren Foundation, when it was headed up... Um, I just forgot her name. Isn't that funny? I, f- I remembered Leonard is of Great Deck. Now, now I'm, uh, uh, I, I, her last name was Agnello. Um, she headed up the Wenner-Gren Foundation here in Manhattan. They're an anthropological uh, group, and they studied diet in, in humans and on our ancestors. She said high-fiber diets were not a benefit to our ancestors because it made food move slower, and they really were – they wanted – Food that was highly nutritious, not bulk. And the idea that fiber is all the rage today is because it slows down gut motility and slows down sugar from hitting the bloodstream. 
Again, high fiber diets are great for sick people. They're not necessarily great for healthy people. That's it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was going to just take a, a food like um, like rice, right? So if you sat there and said white rice, everyone's like, oh, it's terrible. It's void of nutritional value. Entire cultures and ancestors, entire cultures were built around rice. Right. So I just want to really kind of drop that whole um, dogma, right? We've got to drop the dogma. Um, you know, the nutritionist in my office um, – Kind of something that I always liked is uh, after you eat, you should always be able to tr- uh, pass the, the the treadmill test, and it basically means that any at any point throughout the day, you should be able to go on a treadmill and jog, right? You shouldn't be so sickly full or so full that you can't move after you've eaten a meal. It means you're eating too much. You're eating foods that just aren't right for you. So that's a you know, great idea. I like that. So like just that. you know, just pay attention, like. If you're having a meal and you have to open up your pants and, and loosen up and whatnot, that's not a great meal for you. Yeah. We're going to take our last commercial break. The book is The Good Shit, and uh, it's you can get it by going to shrnetwork.biz slash good shit, or you can go to – it's drsinnett.com, I mean, right? Yes, S-I-N-E-T.com. But is it D-R or is it doctor spelled out? D-R. Okay. There you go. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Being superhuman means being conscientious about the choices we make. White Oak Pastures is superhuman when it comes to raising livestock. They're committed to animal welfare, land regeneration, and rural revival. They responsibly manage the entire process from the pasture to your doorstep. High-quality, pasture-raised, great-tasting meat from a farm you can trust. Full nose-to-tail selections. They even have options for your pet. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash white oak and use code SHR20 to save 20% off your your entire first order. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Circadian. Are you ready to change the way you age? Of course you are. That's why you're here. Juvacel is a new first-of-its-kind dietary supplement that includes 10 key research-backed ingredients shown in studies to support lifespan. Things like resveratrol, fisetin, quercetin, pterostilbene, sulforaphane, turmeric, all in a single dose. You may have some of these ingredients already, but Juvacel is the first to combine them all into a single product to support your lifespan. It's vegan, non-GMO, and sustainable. Live better longer with Juvacel. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash live better. Use code SHR and save 20% off today. Getting a massage post-workout is a proven strategy to facilitate better recovery. Getting to massage therapists can be difficult and expensive, especially in these times. The solution is the Meteor, a heated massage ball from Milestorm. Reduce pain and soreness and expedite recovery with the Meteor's research-backed vibration settings and therapeutic heat. It's convenient for travel and works on any body part. Go to shrnetwork.biz slash Meteor and use code SHR15 for 15% off and free shipping if you buy two or more. Start recovering better today. This is the Superhuman Channel, where brawn and brains finally meet. I hope people appreciate the uh, much 
shorter commercials. I mean, I like the shorter commercials. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I just have to put more of them in the show then. I don't know. We're going to see. We're, we're, we're experimenting. Um, so, again, the book is called The Good Shit. You can get it by going to shrnetwork.biz slash goodshit or d-r-s-i-n-e-t-t dot com. You should get it because it's got lots of enlightening information in it. And start paying attention to your poop because it's important. It's not just, you know, we call it a waste product. So that means, oh, don't worry about it. It's a waste product. It's it's really a remnant of how your body is doing with the food you're putting in it. It really is. Good stuff. Uh, We're going to have Dr. Sinnott back on because he has another fascinating book about correcting back pain. And uh, I love the angle of it. It's something that uh, Dr. McGill doesn't really cover uh, when we have him on the show. And I think it's a very important distinction. Thank you. We'd love to be on. I have just one last point and one last kind of little snippet is a lot of times people ask me, um, what about superfoods? What's your superfood? Or people interview me, what's your superfood? And it's always a unique answer. Well, for for me, my answer is, uh, is birthday cake. And everyone always laughs and they figure, why, you know, why is my superfood birthday cake? And to me, birthday cake is a time of celebration. You have your loved ones around you. And it's delicious, and you're emotionally enjoying it. So uh, to me, that's my superfood. So you know, and it also means people- it also means you lived another year. <laughs> exactly, and you get presents too. So I, 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 I share- superfood is a pet peeve of mine. Yes, mine my too. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. Well, mine because every everything's a superfood. The reality is, in my humble opinion, a superfood qualifies as a superfood if you can eat it every day. <clears throat> every week, every month, every year for the rest of your life and not end up with a nutrient deficiency. And there's only a couple foods that fit that, only a couple. So all this other stuff is, oh, this is a superfood. That's just marketing. That's all that is. And people fall for, Agreed. It. fall for it. Listen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I honestly uh, loved it and uh, you know, look forward to coming back and just thank you so, so very much to you and your listeners. It's really thank, been a lot yeah, of fun. Thank you. It's fascinating. All right. We'll see everybody tomorrow. No, I'm off tomorrow. I'm off finally. We'll see you Monday. Oh, Monday. I'm having uh, a little problem with my, uh, my throat today. So Monday, Joel Green is coming on uh, to help us understand dairy better. And how allow us to be unconfused about dairy. It's going to be fascinating. I promise you. All the shows this week have been fascinating. And we're going to keep that up as we move forward into the next week. We have one more comment here. Ah, Tony Pekus. Good shit, Carl. Yes, it is, Tony. Miss you, man. I right, we'll see everybody Monday. Stay safe. It's uh, crappy weather out there. So, okay. See you then. Thank you. Thank you.